Hello, I'm Kimberly Dondo, Digital Content Manager, and welcome to In Conversation With, the podcast series that delves into the world of financial services and brings you face-to-face with some of the most notable figures in the industry. Listen as we discuss topics that are currently facing the industry and hear from visionary CEOs to disruptive innovators as we bring you a diverse array of voices and perspectives. We'll explore the challenges they faced, the lessons they've learned, and the insights they have to share about the ever-evolving landscape of financial services. Hello and welcome to In Conversation With. Uh, Today I'm joined by Heather Ross, Head of Academy at Progeny. Thank you for joining me today, Heather. Yeah, you're very welcome, Kimberly. It's lovely to be here. Um, So I guess we should get started by finding out a bit more about you. So can you tell us about your background and how you kind of got started in financial services? Yes, it goes back quite a long, quite a long way. It goes back uh, about thirty odd years, mm-hmm. and um, I started in financial services with a company called the Cooperative Insurance Society, which a few of your listeners may remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at that point, I was an advisor, uh, and so throughout my career, um, I started, as I said, with the Cooperative Insurance Society. I then joined Standard Life. Mm-hmm. Um, as an advisor there. But once I joined Standard Life, I moved from being an advisor through the management route. So I was in sales management, regional management, um, a little bit of compliance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I really sort of found my niche in terms of training up younger advisors. Right. Uh, and I found that I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then I got made redundant from the particular role in Standard Life that was that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I got the opportunity to join their learning and development department at that time, mm-hmm. which I did. And uh, I've worked in learning and development ever since. Wow. Uh, and I really enjoy it. I love to see people going from, you know, the early stages of their career uh, and coming out the other end as fully fledged advisors. So um, it's something that's very close to my heart and I really enjoy it. Yeah. No, it sounds like a really good journey that you've been through being able to see like a lot of different aspects of the business um so can you tell us more about your role as head of academy at progeny and how it supports financial advisors in the uk yeah of course so the academy itself was launched in 2019 Mm -hmm. and which was clearly before i i joined progeny i joined progeny earlier this year as part of an acquisition um, and when the Academy was launched uh, in 2019, it's a targeted three-year programme that really sees financial planners graduating with chartered status at the end. Uh, it's essentially a platform for progeny to develop the professionals of the future. And it was certainly instrumental in us securing the chartered status from the Chartered Insurance Institute at the end of 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with me joining in January of this year, I want to be looking to bring in those interested in a a long-term career in financial and professional services from both inside and outside of progeny. Um, And I want to bring people into the fold as early as as possible. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd quite like to also start exploring attracting second careerists into the industry. Yeah. Uh, And at the moment, We're looking at um, building out the Advisor Academy uh, and perhaps including the establishment of a graduate programme and extending that beyond the financial advisory 
Aram into the other professional services that Progeny offer and to expand the academy into those other areas which further support that multidisciplinary approach. Yeah, um, I think that's really that's that's a really great approach to have, uh, like thinking different branches that you can tap into um, yeah. for the long term. I think that's a very smart plan. Um, yeah. But of course, financial advisors are facing, you know, a lot of different challenges. So what would you say are the biggest challenges that you think financial advisors are facing in the UK today? And, you know, how can they get ahead of those challenges? Good question. Um, <laughs> I think, to be honest, uh, from a firm perspective, I think one of the biggest things in the industry at the moment is that there's an ongoing skills shortage within the recruitment uh, the recruitment market. And it continues to be quite a challenge. But I think it's really vital that firms focus on longer term solutions um, as much as fill in their immediate vacancies. You know, and that links that really links into the academy because we're looking at um you know procuring the the, the talent of the future. It's not just a, a short-term thing. Uh, and the key to making uh, there's a thing there around making our industry attractive and one that young people want to join and yeah. something that they are proud to align themselves with. Mm -hmm. uh, and advisor academies are helping, I think, to bring in a new generation through the door. So as we see, you know, the people leaving the industry, uh, I think academies can bring in new people and can start to challenge how we've historically done things, how have we traditionally done things and mm -hmm. what new ideas can they bring in and what could we do differently. So some of the things that uh, I think are, are are excellent to have are initiatives linked to things like schools or colleges yeah. um, linked into university, which we have, uh, and that helps to deliver a new generation of how do we get employees you know, mm. so how do you bring people into the industry? And we can provide valuable insight into the various roles within the financial sector. Uh, my colleagues at Progeny ran a week-long summer school last year, as an example, in August. Uh, and that's really telling the young people, what is a career in finance all about? What opportunities are there for you to join? Mm -hmm. uh, and we're running another one this year. This yeah. August yeah. Uh, and last year's was tremendously successful and we've had a really good take up this year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a multitude of different pathways in, in financial services and it's our responsibility as an, in, an industry um, to lay them out clearly for, uh, you know, for the young people coming in. Yeah, no, I think that's a conversation that we always have, like amongst my colleagues who work at Money Marketing, as well as, you know, other advisors who I've spoken to where they didn't have a clear path into financial advice. They kind of fell into it, most of them, you know. It was yeah. whether they ended up working for a financial advice firm as an admin, and then, then from there they became interested in it, but it was not something that they were aware of while they were at school. So I think, you know, getting into those schools and setting up those summer camps when, you know, there's so many days of summer where you don't have anything to do. I think most of the time when I was a teenager, I just spent it like hanging out at my friends' houses where <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. could probably have used, you know, doing something yeah. um, for my future. And yeah. I think having that awareness is very important because 
there are so many different careers out there for yeah. so many different people and they're just not aware of it, which is yeah. a shame. And there's so much talent out there mm. in our young people. You know, there really is. We've, um, at uh, my previous firm, we had an apprenticeship, modern apprenticeship scheme. And the talent that we've seen come into the business through that route has just been fantastic. Uh, and as you say, there's so many different career opportunities mm-hmm. within the sector and within the industry. It's yeah. really important to get that out there and help people to to understand what's available. Yeah. Um, so along with that, Progeny has a strong focus on diversity and inclusion in the workplace. So how do you think um, financial advisors can better support their clients from diverse backgrounds and what aspects and steps can they take to create a more inclusive industry? I mean, I'm sure there's steps that you're taking when it comes to um, attracting a more diverse um, array of advisors. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And I think all companies are, you know, adhering to those practices now. And I think we've all got a part to play in building our industry into a profession that offers products and services and a financial advice community for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, technology, I guess, plays a, a huge part in helping make our industry more inclusive in the years ahead. And it gives us a potential to um, democratise advice to a broader sections of the population. It makes them easier to reach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being able to communicate digitally and being able to deliver advice virtually also allows the industry to develop more cost-effective solutions for those new client demographics. And it breaks mm. us beyond the boundaries of the traditional advice model that, you know, we've always seen in the past that's traditionally face-to-face. Um, and just linking back to the, the skills shortage that we spoke about earlier, I think it's very positive that advisory firms need to look at a wider pool of talent and how the working practices might need to adapt to be more inclusive. Mm-hmm. So I know that the government recently has got a big focus on getting people over 50 back to work, yeah. uh, as an example, or supporting working parents with increased childcare. So, yeah. you know, I think as an industry, we need to be mindful of how do we encourage more people back to work and tackle that bit of skill shortage as well. And second careerists is another one that I mentioned earlier that I think yeah. is important. Yeah, I think flexibility and that's something that we learned a lot during the pandemic, um, how to be flexible, which I think has been a positive and encouraged people to kind of take up a lot of these more tech focused platforms. Um, But with the pandemic, um, there has been a significant impact on the UK economy. We're all feeling the pinch right now. Um, so how have you seen, you know, financial advisors or those training to be advisors adapting to this new landscape? Um, and what advice would you give to those who are still navigating the constant changes that are coming about? Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I think, you know, if if I look back through my own career and the advisors that I've worked with during that time, I think advisors are well used to dealing with the challenges of volatility within the marketplace. Mm. So when the pandemic hit and markets obviously were exceptionally volatile. I think in terms of that, advisors were fairly used to dealing with the different challenges that came along with that because they've seen it in previous 
you know, financial the financial crisis, for example. Um, I think what was the biggest challenge for them to overcome was a move to the virtual world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think since we've come out of lockdown, we're still trying to figure out what the new normal means for advice firms. So to me, there's still a huge value in being face to face with clients. Mm-hmm. But we've also learned that there's huge benefits gained from the greater adoption of technology. And whether that's for clients or whether it's for people in the office. And as you say, that flexibility, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's that's a, a huge thing. I think, again, what the pandemic and possibly the acquisition has has brought to light uh, is that my advice would be that data is increasingly an advisory firm's key asset. So in Mm. terms of driving growth and helping us to reduce risk, looking at insights from our existing data and having the systems available to do that, we can then start to anticipate the client's need for each life stage much more Mm. effectively. Yeah, yeah. Always look at the data. Um, yeah, <laughs> I I strongly believe in that as well. Um, and so Progeny does have a strong emphasis on education and training for its employees, as you have stated previously. Um, so how can financial advisors continue to improve their skills and knowledge, and what resources are available to them to do so? whether yeah. they have been doing it for, you know, 30 years plus, how can they, you know, keep on top of anything? Yeah, how, how can they keep going with it? Yeah. Um, again, you know, throughout my journey within learning development, I've worked with some firms that are fairly small and, mm-hmm. and niche and other firms that are more corporate. And I think there's something for everybody there to, to be able to learn from. So the key thing for me, for a new advisor coming in, I would say is use your internal mentors. Uh, You know, becoming an advisor is a journey. It's not something Mm -hmm. that happens quickly. And to be able to lean on those more experienced mentors and advisors within your organisation is hugely beneficial. So that would always be my number one um, go-to. There's also a lot of available content out there so if you're a small firm maybe you don't have a big budget you know Mm -hmm. there's a lot of free content out there on websites like youtube or business balls Mm -hmm. uh, both excellent websites that you can get a lot from Um, or there's pay-as-you-go learn sorry pay-as-you-learn courses via things like udemy and they're all really good sort of low-cost solutions Mm. as firms grow you can sign up to things like um linkedin has a a learning content hub Mm. Uh, you've got mind tools or video arts um, or perhaps start looking at outsourcing some of the specific learning technical behavioral stuff that you might want to to bring in Uh, and then the larger you get and the more budget you've got you can start to invest in maybe a bespoke e-learning management software or a dedicated learning and development team mm-hmm. um you know i've seen setting l and d strategies uh, and identifying trends and building bespoke training programs for bigger kind of corporate style um firms and then you've got the ultimate which is you know what we're doing here at progeny which is building our own academy investing yeah. in hopefully graduate programs for the future or apprenticeship schemes for the future where you're bringing in talent and you're training your own talent pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so there's, there's a plethora of things out there, Kimberly, that that are available uh, for all budgets and all sizes of firm. Yeah. 
So I guess what you're saying is also there's no excuse to not stay in top of stuff. Which Absolutely. Is, <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, but also you did mention, we talked a little bit about how technology has been playing a part in improving the ability for firms to connect with their clients. Um, so what impact have you seen technological in, advancements have on the industry as a whole? Yeah. So I think I think what's interesting about technology um and the impact that it's having is um I was actually reading somebody gave me a report that um, McKinsey Global did. It was a survey mm-hmm. that they did back in 2022 mm-hmm. and it was about digital strategy within companies and right. only 11% of companies at that time believed that their current business model was going to be economically viable through 2023. Wow, And a further 64% said that the companies needed to build new digital businesses to help them get there. Mm. And what I see is, you know, you've got your traditional clients who are used to a face-to-face offering. Mm -hmm. But now if we look at the next generation of clients, they're going to expect a technology proposition as standard. You know, however they choose to engage, some of it might be face-to-face, et cetera, but they're going to expect a technology proposition of of some description. Mm. Uh, And I think it's important for companies to remember that technology, it's an enabler. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not the end goal. And the first step needs to be to identify what are the business needs and goals and desired outcomes for the technology that they're trying to build. Mm -hmm. Um, So companies might feel that, you know, things like, an enhanced client experience is what they want to focus on or an improved um, cyber resilience uh, piece of work or decision-making ability. And once a company knows what it is that they're trying to focus in on, then they can focus on the data, where they need to modernise their system, um, whether that's an infrastructure or do they want to invest in client-facing technology. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's essential that firms have got a strategy for technology for the future um, to allow them to digitally transform and get buy-in from their organisation and and therefore provide what the clients need in terms of that technological solution in tandem with, you know, anything else that a client might continue to want. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's all about options really, isn't it? And building those deep relationships with clients where they can deal with us in several ways. Yeah, yeah. I think when it comes to technology, it's always uh, it's a it's a supportive tool, especially in helping build those relationships, because you might have some clients who are like, I don't really want to talk to you that much. Maybe I'll talk to you once a year, but I would like to keep up to date and having, you know, the ability to log into an app or something like that where they can keep up to date will be useful exactly because um, I think that's what I am like as a person <laughs> yeah and I'm suppose not... as, as life events change you know if you've yeah. got somebody who's relatively young starting to save for the future and then they'll go through life stages mm-hmm. and sometimes they'll want to sit and see somebody face to face and yeah. sometimes they'll just want to check the balance of app you know mm-hmm. so you're absolutely right it's just building those deeper relationships with clients and relating to them in a way that they want to be dealt with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what advice do you have for new advisors just starting out in the industry? You have seen a lot of different people, I'm sure, come through. And what qualities do you think are essential for success in this field? Yeah, I think 
um, when you have an advisor-client relationship, there's two really fundamental things within that relationship. And the first one is trust. Mm. And the second one for me is knowledge. Mm. You know, so so does the client trust the advisor to deliver what they say they're going to deliver and um, and do what they say they're going to do? And, um, you know, do they have the experience and the knowledge to be able to do that? So mm. what I would say for a new person coming into the industry Study hard, you know, know your craft, uh, study towards chartered level qualifications as soon as you can. Yeah. Chartered level qualifications are the highest level of competence that you can demonstrate. And it's really what a lot of employers are looking for now. Mm. Uh, also, continue to enhance the value that you offer to clients and employers. So keep that knowledge up to date. Keep reading books and articles and listen to podcasts. Take those online training courses, you know, yeah. and be have that thirst for, for learning and try and stay on top of changes. The financial services industry moves at tremendous pace, mm. regulatory, technical, new products coming in, products leaving the market. So the more knowledge that you've got, the better you can help your clients would be, you know, certainly one of the aspects that, that I would say I would I would recommend. Another one is really make sure that you're focusing on the client and the best outcome for the client. Mm-hmm. Financial services is all about people. Uh, you spend, you know, as an advisor, you will spend a lot of time talking to people, discussing what's important to them, helping to advise them on how best they can utilise their finances to meet their objectives and to optimise their lifestyle. So in order to be able to um, do that, you really need to be able to understand your client and help them to see what good looks like. So developing those skills that you have with client-facing relationships is really important. and you know, and to me, that's that's a huge investment that young advisors can be making to, to yeah. be successful. Um, the other thing that I think is is a great thing for advisors to learn early on is that how to socialise and how to network um, effectively. And to me, this is all about an advisor needs to be able to build their own client base. Right. And in order to do that, you need to be known mm-hmm. and need to be accessible. So if people are talking about financial advisors out in company, you know, you want your name to be the one that comes up. You want somebody to say, oh, go and speak to Kimberly because she'll be able to help you with that. And yeah. to me, that's just about building genuine relationships with people and helping them to understand that you know the job, you know your craft, you know how to help people and give them the best of advice, you will naturally be recommended. So, you know, that, that, that's that got to be key. Uh, and I think the last one for me is mm-hmm. enjoy the job. It's yeah. a fantastic career. It's a fantastic industry to be in and just enjoy the process of becoming a first-class financial planner. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are all important steps. I, I think if my financial planner encompassed all of those things, I'd feel very comfortable with them and yeah. like I'd be well taken care of. Um, yeah. 
before the call, we were talking a little bit about how this is a busy time for you. And I had asked if that was to do with consumer duty. And you were saying that it's not so much about the deadline, but what happens after. So I wondered if you would be willing to expand a little bit on what that means for you and the work you're doing at Progeny. Yeah, so obviously consumer duty is is huge and there's a tremendous amount of work going on in the industry to make Mm. sure that industries across the board are are ready for it. Um, At Progeny ourselves, we've been putting a tremendous amount of work into just making sure that we are ready for the 31st of July. But as we were saying earlier, Kimberly, the 31st of July is really the start date. You know, it's about making sure that we are delivering best outcomes for clients across the board and at all times. I think we are in a very strong position to be able to do that. We've got lots of things that we already do in terms of making sure that our clients are are looked after. And and for us, it's a real continuation of that, but also a bit of a magnifying glass on, you know, let's just make sure that where we're doing it, we can prove we're doing it and we can evidence that we're doing it. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's it's natural for um, a lot of finance companies to uh, be very, very good with their clients, but it's back to that, can we evidence it to the mm. regulator? So mm-hmm. a lot of work going on, but I think it's it's a wonderful um, piece of legislation and I think it will, will, will make, you know, great inroads um, across the industry. Yeah, yeah. It can only have positives for the consumer. So I think it will have positive outcomes across, you know, the broad board. Um, Yeah, I agree. Finally, um, what trends do you see emerging in the financial industry in the coming years? I know that that's such a difficult question to ask. We're not sightseers or you can't see into the future or anything like that. And uh, how can financial advisors prepare themselves and their clients for any of these upcoming changes that might happen? Yeah, I suppose the one that um, immediately springs to mind uh, that seems to be have happened in the last couple of years and seems to be getting stronger and stronger is um, the importance of the financial services industry transitioning to net zero mm. um, and you know greenwashing, which is becoming an increasing focus for the industry. Yeah. So I think you know in the last what five years or so, um, ESG and sustainable investment products. Um, there's been a dramatic increase in response to demand and mm-hmm. a significant push from regulators and the government um, as, as part of the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking at the FCA, they've got a proposed sustainability disclosure requirements and new labelling standards. And mm-hmm. I think that those will help advisors to navigate the plethora that is out there of sustainable funds with more confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, a stronger disclosure regime should enable advisors to access dependable and comparable and verifiable information to be able to assess a fund's credentials much more easily. I think advice firms need to look at programmes to upskill advisors Mm -hmm. around the fundamentals of sustainable investing Mm because it's, you know, it's fairly new. Yeah. uh, And it's just making sure that everybody really understands what it means Mm -hmm. and that they're able to look at the risk of greenwashing and build mm-hmm. an ESG criteria into their existing 
risk management procedures and controls to make sure that you know that that that's taken care of as well. Mm-hmm. Better governance around the area equips businesses with robust processes and the ability to articulate the sustainability of the services. Mm-hmm. And I think you know clients will increasingly be looking at advisory firms' credentials yeah. in this particular area, and I think it's. It's it's great that Progeny recently became B Corp certified, mm-hmm. and that verifies a high and improving standards of social and environmental impact for Progeny as as a group, which I think is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in terms of of the trends, and I definitely see that as being one of the big ones. Yeah, uh, yeah, Kimberly, in 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 the future. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about it, and I'm sure a lot of people are trying to make sure that they are at the forefront of that. Yeah. And, you know, reaching B Corp status is one of those ways. So, yeah, that's great yeah. work. Yeah. Um, but that is all I have in terms of questions for you today, Heather. So thank you so much for speaking with me. Great. Thank you, Kimberly. It's been lovely to speak to you. And I hope that um, this conversation attracts even a few more people to um, have a think about a career in financial services. I I mean, I'm I'm considering it. Don't tell my manager. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Lovely. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to In Conversation With. We do hope that you enjoyed it. Please do keep up to date with all our new releases via Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts from. You can also keep up to date with all our new content published on the Money Marketing website, as well as our print edition, Money Marketing Magazine. So make sure to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. See you next time.